0: Welcome to Ubercube, the podcast where we discuss all things cube but with refreshments. This is your host, Anthony Adams, aka Uber Bear, and today I'm joined by my other host, Stu. Welcome to the show. And my other host,
1: Me, a magic, also known as me.
0: And we've got a special stocking stuffer of an episode for you today. It is, yeah, Christmas special, Christmas special, and we have brought Sloppity Ballpiper. Is that our friend of the show?
2: Uh, sloppity, though, right? You prefer just just Sloppity? Yeah,
3: that's that's what I was called back in school. I've I've, I've kind of shrugged off that that nickname by now. <laughs>
2: That's a shame. I think if I think if I'd have picked up a nickname like that through high school, I'd want to roll with that for like. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm getting that. am getting my name changed, birth certificate, the whole nine yards. Welcome Sometimes to the show. Just call you the big slop, just,
1: just, just for out of respect. Yeah.
2: Do you sloppity ballpiper take care anyway? Vince, aka Pleasant Kenobi, welcome to the show. Thanks you for coming and hanging out with us.
3: No, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to talk about uh, well, I thought we'd talk about cube, but from from the the brief before, apparently we're gonna talk about Warhammer, which I can also talk about to so the Cows Commons. Yeah, we've got a
0: nice little blend. It's gonna be Cube Meets Warhammer, and there's a reason for that because of Uber Bear's Artifact Cube and other thematic cubes that kind of got their I guess some of them took off from Universes Beyond and other ones have just been enhanced by universes beyond and no matter where you lie on the fence of this idea we're not trying to convince you when we're done but i think we can make some pretty good arguments as to why you as a curator and you as a player can enjoy some of the ie 40ks and dr whos yeah. and things like that and how they can make your cube environments better but we've got a little prelude as we do here at UberCube, and we're going to have our good friend vince Introduce you to the sloppity bowpiper in his best sloppity Piper voice. I am
3: not doing a voice. <laughs> that that was—I uh, put me on the spot. I'm not doing. I, I, I love talking and being in front of the cameras and talking, but but I hate acting and doing voices.
2: That's for, that's the reasonable. thing I don't do. That's reasonable.
3: So this is uh, from the Chaos Demons Codex from Warhammer 40k. I think it's on the last edition. So. Jokes and songs of plague bearers infected by the chortling moraine find little purchase amidst the glum plague bearers. Nurgle's other demons find the antics of the Slopity Barpipers hilarious. Unfortunately for their foes, this disease is incredibly infectious and can cause mortals to laugh until their sides literally split. Despite their roles amusing the warbands of Nurgle as they march to war, the Barpipe Barpipers resign to a grim fate. Eventually being reshaped into a set of pestilent gut pipes for the next victim of the chortling moraine to take up.
2: Phenomenal.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> to, to put some context to this and a little bit of visualization, we got some more. It story is a
2: magic to... card. It, oh, it is. is.
0: Would you mind taking this one on for too?
2: It's me, slapidy barpiper, for free. Callous in a black. You get a creature, demon. Don't you know? I'm a free free, and I've got jolly gut pipes till you tap me. Sacrifice a creature, and the next creature. call you cast his turn as cascade? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: I think I will live fifteen years longer if you never do that again. Yes.
3: So was, that, was that was that a British Cockney accent? Was that what you imagined the the? Go-
2: you know, I, I, it was kind of just. Uh, I've watched a lot of Peaky Blinders recently, and then some <laughs> other English shows, London shows, Manchester, and so I'm just kind of putting them all together into the most yes. absolutely ridiculous. Stupid sounding. That's it. That's stereotype.
0: If you just think it's you clean. tuned into channel four, you did not. We're in fact That's BBC two. still
2: Ubercube. That's BBC Two content <laughs> right there. I don't know if even if you no know, channel four would, would cover that. That's some BBC Two nonsense right there, I'm telling you. <laughs> but as
0: we talked about, Sloppity Bowel Piper, it is a in fact a magic card. But Vince, you had a little bit of backstory on this sloppity Bowel Piper that I think the listeners may enjoy. There's a few little facts that Maybe they just didn't understand when they yeah, cracked okay. open that commander back. <laughs>
3: yeah, we can we can unpack the little lore tidbit that you just have me read. So so essentially the Sloppy Bile Piper is a musician. It has like um you can see in the art on the magic card, it's got like a bagpipes that are made out of guts. And as the lore snippet uh, mentions, when they're like felled in combat or they expel, they are then like repurposed to be the gut pipes. And uh the jesters one that they use because they're like a comedy musician. Uh the head of it, as you can see on the magic card art as well, is the head of the former Bile Piper. So they are like demonic, like Nurgle infestation, demonic entities that get chewed up and, and, and ruined in fights. And then, yeah, they get turned into bagpipes. And then the next one, the next Herald of Nurgle, because these, these are called like heralds, they're like um, <laughs> the ones that will lead them into war, then plays them like a literal bagpipes. And, and then they- in AOS, oh, I'm going to not—I'm not going to forget this bit. In AOS, which is like the fantasy version of Warhammer, so you got you got sci-fi, you got fantasy. In the fantasy one, he literally gets to pick up one of three songs that he can play during battle. Those songs are "A Stabbing We Will Go," which makes your guys stab better. <laughs> "Early One Evening My Posture Was Seeping," uh, which makes makes enemies around you um, like literally come out in blisters and warts. Or "My Love Is Like a Ripe Ripe Fart." Which is um the ability to create a like a fart like wall that stops the enemy units from being able to move closer during combat
2: That'll so you do it. physically
3: block them with the power of farts.
2: I think my wife would agree that i've I've actually mastered that already, but th- those are those are some pretty juicy <laughs> abilities there I like it good old sloppity ballpiper not just not just a musician, not just a uh, you know ripping heads out, but he's like impactful out there on the battlefield
1: and
3: a comedy genius farts and a comedy and genius
2: post-tools. What more funnier. Fung-
1: <laughs> this is a peak of comedy, baby.
0: <laughs> and the reason why we mention this card and go into this huge prelude that we're doing right now is because I run this card in my 180 Munson Lords of Metal Cube, right? Because this, uh, this artist is sick. He's playing, you know, Bagpipes going off in the war and it's metal as a. It's pretty metal. But yeah. before we go any further down this nonsense of a conversation, we're going to have about a little 40K universes beyond meets magic. We're going to do the thing that we always do here at URBQ, and we're going to enjoy our libations of the show. And Vince, you are our esteemed guest. What are you having on this delightful evening?
3: Well, I've got a nice, I've got, I've got three beverages to my side, which is something I do a lot. I have a lot of drinks on hand. I've got firstly a glass of lovely British tap water, complete with perhaps a little bit too much lime in it from the um, the porous rocks beneath my hometown. Too high. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's, it, But it neutralises the acidic nature of like um, wines and things. I guess it helps with my acid reflux. Um, and then we've got um, a glass of rosé. I think it's a pink ganache. Like, I don't really pay attention. I just I just buy the things that have the highest amount of sweetness and the least <laughs> amount of dryness. Um, so it's a yeah. sweet rosé. And then after that, I've already had one of these with dinner. I've got a zesty lemon cider from oh, Aldi. It, it looks cute. fancy. Obviously, people it at does. home can't see it, but it's not fancy. This is from a like, car discount like um, European supermarket chain called Aldi. Yeah, we have make Aldi. It, but they have. Oh, you guys have it too. We okay, do. Great. Yeah. They have incredible European alcohol there, like fruit ciders and such. I'll have so to I've tried them. It oh, it's so good. I'm, I I'm a cider drinker. I like my alcohol sweet. If it doesn't taste like alcohol, I prefer that. I,
2: I like. I like Aldi. We got one right down the street. I haven't been to one for years. Like, so I, we're gonna I'm take mas- it
3: for years. I've been begging them to sponsor me. I've been tweeting at them. <laughs> and like talking about them on streams and podcasts. Here we are again. So if someone who works for Aldi somewhere can just go after your competition a competition, Little, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Little haven't got Lidl haven't got anything on Aldi. Aldi has better meats, better sweets, better alcohol. Littles do have a fresh bakery though in the in the UK. Every Littles has a fresh bakery. It's their unique selling point to try and contend with Aldi. Nice. Aldi is still better. But
2: they just need to start selling sloppity ballpipers. They do. I feel like they're they're missing out on their on their market right there. You know. Get on with you.
3: you you guys are aware of the center aisle of Lidl's and aldi which is just like random shit so yes be like, yes be like a, be a box of spanners and like a, a bag that looks like a dog or whatever imagine there's yeah. some random like surplus warhammer kits in there
0: i'll be, be all over that like a, like a dog on chips may Let's what do, are you
2: having you? on this wonderful evening
1: no, I put you on the spot first. Fight me. All right. Stu, what are
2: you drinking? I, I'm I'm going with my with my what is now a classic. I got my uh, hidden pipe coffee porter from the Raleigh Brewing Company. May
1: okay. Now I guess you. I'll take my turn. Thank you, Anthony, for considering me. I care about you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I am having a cabernet because I I can be a little bit of a wine snob if I want as a treat. <laughs> so I'm oh, you're having... a
3: wine snob, and I'm here not
2: even knowing what wine <laughs> to <court. laughs> At least the glass has I'm got a stem, a okay?
0: <laughs> so I'm having a wicked weed brewing Doctor Dank Daily Haze. As you can see, we're gonna have a lot of fun here at, during this particular episode. So just buckle up, listeners, and let's just have some fun. It's gonna be loosey goosey. I told Vince before we coming in, we're just gonna we're gonna have a blast, and we're gonna talk about a couple of passions he has: magic and. Forty K and Universes Beyond and how they all kind of come together.
2: I think actually our ultimate at the rate that we are right now is can we continue to pronounce sloppity ballpiper by the end of this episode? That's going to be the sort of the benchmark to you say how it three successful. Times right. Yes, exactly. Sloppity so.
1: ballpiper. Slop, <laughs> sloppity ball. Nope. Fire. All right, maze already
2: failed. Maze
0: <laughs> already gone. All right, I'm going to crack it. Let's crack him open. Let's go. Oh, I can do that.
2: So, Vince. Tell us about, so this year, 2023, was your first foray into KubeCon. And we've had a bunch of other yes. guests on here that have came, that have been to KubeCon. Either this was their first year or last year, you know, they've been there uh, for both years. We'd love to hear, like, what your experience was. Tell us, like, what you felt about the event and, you know, even, like, a great memory that you had uh, from from the event.
3: Uh, yeah, so I got invited out to QCom by uh, Jeremy, and I snapped his hand off. I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm coming out. This is, sounds amazing because um, I'm a big, a big fan of Cube. Don't get to do it that much in PayPal. There's a little bit of a local scene growing around me. So what I got out there, I didn't really know what to expect. When I learned about what the main event was before I got there, I was like, "This sounds too good to be true. This can't be a real thing. We get to play curated Cube environments from like passionate creators. And I got there, and you can, and everyone was really chill, and the the atmosphere was incredibly positive and it was like it was it was refreshing because it felt it it didn't feel like a normal GP of old or like the Magic Con main events or whatever because everyone's so relaxed, but it was still a firing main event, judge staff on hand and several hundred magic players all going to the tables and drafting Cube environments. It was phenomenal. it it exceeded my expectations in every possible way because I just assumed this sounds too ambitious. I like the app, the the online um, web interface for like picking your cubes and stuff is like a strike of genius because as Magic players, we all know that the IT integration with events is normally like doggers, (laughs) right? It's just not good. So Mm. that was phenomenal too. So just like, every day morning afternoon and one of the evening drafts did every time i was just like sat there thinking how lucky am i to be able to be at an event like this and i really hope it goes from strength to strength and i'm going to try and get out for the next one as well because it's nice. so unique there's just nothing else like it in in magic especially yeah. as we all clamber for more events and complain yeah. there's not enough events or wizards on support supporting oh, the man. events and stuff seeing something God. like this grow organically out of like community passion is incredible
2: yeah. And I will I felt I'm doing
3: a sales pitch. I wasn't,
2: but I it's a good one. It's, it's, and it's a good honestly, one. Honestly, what you just said is that that's, that's the feedback that we get from pre- basically everyone that went to this year as well as last year. And I will say, I kind of, I don't want to say I doubted the organizers, but I will say that, you know, last year, 2022 was the first one we thought, okay, this, this is a lot to manage. Even for, there was like 170 almost people that was at the, at the 2022 one. So thinking it's still a lot of people. It's still a lot that you've got to manage and organize. And that went incredibly well. And then in 2023, now you've got a lot more people, more cubes, more stuff going on, and it still just seemed to go so nicely. And I love, like you say, the whole community thing, right? Everybody's there. Everybody's passionate. There is that sense of people are competitive there right people do go there to want to win but it's different from like a competitive event like a modern or a legacy or a vintage where you're only there really to win unless you're like you know playing in a side event so i think that's that's what i love the vibe was, was so magical
0: and it was kind of like a buckle up for all the curators too right may, may, <laughs> may experience this too cause i i had uber bears artifact cube in 2022 and I have revised it. Whenever you came back, I was honored that you played that one first. Like that was ultra exciting for me, to be honest with you. But may experienced this. I experienced this. And my good friend Samich. We all had featured cubes. The fact that the cubecon doubled, and then more players came in, and the visibility, and people like yourself, and uh, you know Reed Duke, Reed Duke and all there. these Louis other Salvador. individuals. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all showed up to play some magic, and uh, you know, as curators, were like. Oh my god! I hope I got this right. Like, because <laughs> you you feel like like maybe this one card, it'll be this one card that'll unhinge your entire environment, right? May you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh my god! I added a palantir of Ornthalk at the last second. It's going to destroy. It didn't, but it didn't. It worked out. You got lucky. I got lucky. I dodged got a bullet. Lucky. Agatha Soul Cauldron dodged a bullet, but. It was fantastic that you got to draft my cube, and I was just honored that I got to walk around and see you play in it. I I walked over at one point, and I'm jumping ahead of the show notes, and I introduced myself, and you were in the middle of a match, and I saw you with Manglehorn and Crystal Shard bouncing it.
3: <laughs> yeah. You got to see me actually doing the thing. You were lucky enough to come over when I was getting like run over by Warhammer cards, which I guess we'll get to a little bit later. Um, but yeah, yeah, when, when I realized it was an artifact cube and I realized, because I, I, I perused some of the lists. I can't remember if I got to see the artifact list. I definitely put down as a, list a, a, a cube I wanted to play. I think I had, but I think I hadn't realized that there were a load of, like, artifact hate cards in the green portion of the cube, similar to how, like, green was in, like, original Miracle and Draft and stuff, right? So when I, like, opened a pack, and I think it was, like, pack one, at some point there's a Manglehorn, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw Crystal Shard, and I I, I love me some, like, old school, um, what was the deck that played Eternal Witness? Eternal Command, right? Aether Var, Eternal Witness, Crystal Shard, reset your Eternal Witness, get a Cryptic Command, cast Cryptic Command. That sort of stuff. So when I thought I could abuse Manglehorn in an artifact environment, <laughs> yeah, that got me excited. So yeah, you saw my deck really pop off. You I came did, across at the exact right time somehow.
0: I support this behavior. May. Speaking
1: of, next yeah. year I'm going to have to uh, hold you hostage to get you to play my fake cube. <laughs> oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, you, you enjoyed Anthony's Artifact Cube. Not just Anthony's mm-hmm. Artifact Cube, Uberbear's Artifact Cube. And we'll get to Uberbear's other cubes as well as we go through the recording. <laughs> did you have a favorite?
3: yes so before we completely move on i did say that um Uber before this about how uh i couldn't remember enough about the artifact cube simply because it was the first one that i drafted and i drafted like during the main event i drafted two four six seven you know eight one fidget and then i, I drafted in like two lobbies as well and then like another like, three lobbies so i drafted like 10 cubes over the weekend so by the time we got to now like a few months on i was like I don't remember the first cube I drafted, and then when you said the horn, I was like, "Oh, I do remember." It was like a like a like a flashpoint memory. So I'm sorry if it seemed rude that your cube was the one that I couldn't remember what I drafted, rather than getting <laughs> run over by Scott it's Peck a blur, board. my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what Cube was like. My favourite cube. That I actually did a, sec- a second time because the cube creator helped me organise on the third day was the Museum of Modern.
0: Nice. No, sorry,
3: no, it was Museum of Modern. It was the oh god, there's two modern cubes. I feel really modern for darlings. I which one is named that way. It's the one with the – it has playsets. It has playsets play of modern staples and two ofs of others. Pretty sure it's Museum of Modern. It's not Modern Darlings. That was different. But Museum of Modern was a weird one because it played so much like a modern period that I really loved so much that I felt like I wasn't really playing – it was a cube environment as a testament to how cube environments can be so different and what they can do in terms of how they engage with magic. But the games played out like old school modern. So it's really weird. I was like, it's my favorite cube, but I felt a bit naughty or dirty because <laughs> it didn't feel like I was playing limited with powerful cards. It felt like I was playing actual modern, which shows that it achieved its goal, right? Like, So yeah, that cube was incredible and like opened my eyes to the idea of moving away from singleton and cube and the things you can do with that, like invoking a constructed environment from a certain period and similar.
0: Did you find the changing of cubes speeds themes ideas uh power bands jolting like because you move it's like moving from a powered vintage cube to a popper cube and can't figure out why you can't pack one pick one anymore you know (laughs) like that
3: yeah no absolutely because like well the 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 one feature cube i had to play on camera was creatureless that i was completely unfamiliar with the list so when I saw Creatures, and someone did mention, oh, there are tokens. Like, okay, I assume there's not that much token generation. So I built this dirty combo deck and then got absolutely destroyed by everyone else playing aggro Tokens. There were so many creatures in play for Creatures Cube, it was unreal. And that's <laughs> not a criticism of the uh, like creator. That's me not understanding it because like you're adapting. Every other draft is a completely and utterly like new environment. I, w- I literally went from Mirage Cube to vintage cube i think was the jump at one point so the power <laughs> level disparity was
1: absolutely insane wow three, three, i am not two, sorry for dragging you to do that
3: <laughs> it was very, i enjoyed it i actually enjoyed it my, my deck was actually insane but yeah like a three mana two two with flanking was like the, the height of power in mirage and mm-hmm. the next one like i'm um, like black lotus natural ordering or like a woodfall Primus on turn one or whatever it's like it's just like a, it's like yeah massive disparity
0: that's cool so I kind of want to dig into the point of this episode. It's the universe is beyond, right? And we're going to talk about a few cards because it was an experience that you mentioned to me while drafting my cube, aka Uber Bear, while you're drafting my cube that you said, Hey, some of these Necron cards are really crushing me, right? And I assure you, they're still there and I can defend this tooth and nail, but I thought it would be neat for the listeners to hear. Let me ask you just a core question. I just want to ask you a blank question. How do you feel, Vince, as a person in what is universes beyond? How how do you feel about the existence of the idea?
3: Sure, sure. So it's interesting that you want to do an episode of a podcast where universes beyond is the focus, of the topic. Because if you're not ragging on it, there's a lot of viewers that are going to turn off. There's a portion of viewership that will turn off, or be or be confrontational to the idea, right? Yep. Because mm-hmm. we all know there's a large portion of the magic community that are very vocally annoyed at any time that we do things that are non magic. Personally, I actually love it. I absolutely love universes beyond i'm completely sold on it across um, the board i wasn't sold on it with walking dead because okay. there were so many issues initially right like it was mechanically mm. unique only available in foil small time window there's just like every possible issue you could have with a product they just laid it into one but after that we started getting like printed printed to demand constructed decks where you're not like random lottery stuff you're getting cards getting reskinned back into magic and just fixing all the issues that everyone had so i was cold initially Warmed up to it very quickly, and now I just love it. Like To the point that the Doctor Who decks were so exciting in terms of just the mechanical like play pieces for Magic. They are so complicated and interesting and weird that I fell in love with some of the designs, and I, I historically hated Doctor Who. And then the, 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 the I'm the not Magic alone. Head, there's a there's two British the of folks that hate loves. Doctor Who
2: folks. I'm not a and Doctor yeah, Who fan either. It,
3: I, <laughs> yeah, But I went back and started watching it, because like I, I, Gavin Verhey is a, an amazing person, I love him, and he he him and the prof both rubbed off on me. Like there's got to be something here, and then that plus the magic set, I started watching it, and now I'm like a Doctor Who convert. I'm like four or five seasons into rewatching New Who, uh, I love it. So weirdly, Universes Beyond has got me into another property that I thought I didn't like. So I'm I am no all aboard Universes Beyond. I generally think magic as a rule system is very very good, at allowing designers to create interesting designs that fit team of a of a outside IP
0: I kind of follow the same track right I did buy the Walking Dead but I didn't buy it to play magic with it I was a Walking Dead fan <laughs> and I did build eventually build the Daryl commander deck which that's a that's a topic for another episode only because he's got that cool coif but I Saw in the idea of printing magic cards that weren't purist or weren't in alignment with the fantastical idea of what we're used to, the mythical beings, and I guess the dominaria look of things, all things, right? It gave me more outlets as a person that likes to design thematic cubes, right? Even outside of the artifact cube. When I referenced the Sloppity Bowpiper, it – it isn't the best card in the world. It just happens to be a band member for, and you have to read, I'm going to ask you when we're done with this episode to check out my my in cube Lords of Metal. I wrote an entire ticket around the card Joven for a a tribute band getting together to play and Sloppity Ballpiper <laughs> is in the band. So that that just kind of fills out like this thematic niche, right? So for me as a curator... I you don't have to play them if you don't like them. Let's start there, right? Like if you dislike universes beyond, you simply do not have to interact with universes beyond. But if you want to pull them into your unique designs and, and cherry pick the ideas from different sets, it does
2: give you curation ability outside of the norm, and we'll get to that more. Well, May. Vince, I think I was going to say, Vince, I think you hit the nail on the head with when it's done right. It can be just magnificent, right? And I will agree. I think, you know, and you can look at the, the reaction to the Doctor Who stuff. That has been incredibly positive. I also didn't like the walking dead and I was a little cold on the whole crossover thing, but I think for me, the egregiousness agree with the, with the negative points of if it's, if it's a unique card and it's difficult to acquire and so on and so forth. But also I have a bit of a problem. Have you seen the new, there is the, the, the evil dead. Even I love bad. it, but they didn't. I love the evil. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. I I bought the secret lab, but I have issues. Why yeah. is
2: Ash a pure still paladin? <laughs> you <laughs> had a whole episode I, on this. Yeah, like, I did I did absolutely. I'm not going to buy it just for that reason. I want Ash. I want him. I don't play much commander, but when I do, I want Ash at the top with the boomstick, yeah, and I want to build a whole deck around him. I don't want him to be just like slotted in the ninety nine. Like, come on, let me play with my <laughs> boy. So I, I
3: wasn't going to buy. And then I started writing the video and I was talking about all the references in the other cards and like how good I thought the art was and so on and so on. And I convinced myself in a video that I was moaning about Ash not being legendary to buy the secret <laughs> lair. And I bought the secret layer between like writing the script and recording the the, the actual audio to make the video. Okay. Because I was like, oh, all of the rest of it's so good. The, the, the really only miss is that somehow one of the like most well-known like horror front lead characters is somehow non-legendary. And people were making excuses left, right, and center in my comments, but most
0: excuses didn't really
2: fit. No. Me.
1: May? To be fair, I had this problem since Ikoria when we had the Godzilla cards, and they showed me Luminous Broodmoth because I love me some Mothra, and it's just like, that is not a legendary. I can't have this as a commander. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Isn't there,
3: like, multiple Godzillas that aren't legendary? Yeah. So-
1: yeah.
0: The
3: King of Monsters, the one of one
1: titan. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that that's <laughs> one, thing of, one thing about the secret <laughs> layers it's always a little weird is th- it's it draws me in with I want Ash but pure steel paladin while in Uberbear's artifact cube Ash doesn't fit in my cube. It, like so I get this weird like I don't know what to do with this card so I can't well, order it.
3: Th- that's a really cool Alternative situation to that is that if you're building a horror-themed cube, pure steel paladin now becomes more fitting to your cube because you've now got an ash shotgun overhead draped in blood and sweat. Which like, I do have. Thematically looking <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. so it's really interesting that the secret you've got layers. Because something that I talked about at KubeCon that I've made no progress on was that KubeCon encouraged me to start thinking like a science fiction cube. So the idea was that I'd do only cards that are like. Science fiction tropes. So each, I try and make each. I've, I've literally not done enough of it. So don't don't ask me too many questions about this. But like the blue black identity would be paranoia, and I'd go with the paranoia stories of you know when there's like um, doppelgangers on your ship and stuff like that. So it'd be clones and things like that. And then we'd have like titans and kaiju for another bit with the green blue and so on and so on. And in the circumstances where they change things and put different art and stuff, there's a future site that has a literal space rocket on it, for example, from one of the secret layers. So, you actually get this point where you get cool. you've got that can fit your cube. But in reality, you can also just get Alterists to alter your cards or get Alter Sleeves. So, true, I mean, true. I'm saying this, but in Which reality, we are. We are an affiliate.
0: You You're an affiliate of Alter Sleeves as well, aren't you?
3: I, yes, yes. I,
0: I, I am too. We are too. Let's go. Ultra <laughs> Sleeves. Get your ultra Sleeves. Get your Alter sleeves, <laughs> sleeves, people. Let's get that shill <laughs> out.
3: Like if you, yeah, if you've got a, feud, a food cube, there's one of my Alter Sleeves from years ago that I got commissioned by an artist, is from years ago, last year or the year before, is Creator Hoof Behemoth coming over the tree line, but it's a giant leg of ham. Perfect. Just coming through the tree line.
0: Okay, I'll be looking um, this you've up because you got to go. Hand.
3: So yeah, you can do that with slaves. So it's not all at the mercy of wizards, but I guess it's an interesting thing to. If you stick to original printings of art, it kind of gives you this like, it gives you some design limitations, I guess, which I think is interesting. I don't know. Oh yeah, I, no, I
1: like think that was I a big condition. part of me with the fake cube, where I have to stick within the theme of I care about fairy tales, folk tales, fables, etc. And getting certain secret layers or etc. let me play with cards that normally I don't. And I'm glad that we get to explore those spaces. Like, even though I don't really consider, like, Lord of the Rings classic fairy tale, a lot of those cards tend to fit that fable narrative in the way that I need. So I was able to... It's the last great fairy
3: tale, arguably.
1: Yeah, would you, no, would I you
3: agree. alter would you alter cards or get alter sleeves to make cards fit fake cube would you get would you uh, what's what's a thing that doesn't fit that could any sort of royalty from a different plane i don't know one of the leaders from Mirrodin, who's currently like, like metal and all that sort of stuff would you get them if they fit an archetype or a mechanical identity would you get them altered or altered sleeve to fit into the fake cube
1: see i actually have a very specific story because I tend to be a little bit more particular about it just because when you submit it for the main event, you just have to have legal cards. So if I want to get it, if I want to in- introduce it, it has to be like altered. And I really, really needed Thought Scour in there. And you know, the original art for Thought Scour is just guy getting his. Uh, why are you showing me Ashnot's coupon? He wants you to get Nuts him a beer. Him a I,
2: just it over to him. I was just passing it over. Keep
3: going. Is this, a, is this. Are you telling me that we're having a drinks break in the middle of her story? No, yeah.
2: no, 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 no. I don't know why. Hey, like, this is like, you know, just. Stu just likes to pass Ashnot's coupon anyway. around just during like episodes. I pass Ashnot's
3: coupons.
1: So with Thought Scour, it's like this character getting his head drilled in with his brain like
3: yeah it's a a very gory like borderline body horror like lobotomy exactly
1: and it's just like yeah it's not very fairy tale but then you know i got the reprint of it that had fairies on it and i was just like ah i'm excited for this this is perfect this is exactly what i needed and i was able to slot that in and instead of just sitting down and being like you know i probably could have just altered it you know
0: I personally struggle with this idea. This has been set upon me. Like, I have a femme cube where everything has to be a woman. It's the entire cube design must be female or woman, period. And I cannot bring myself to, like, take an artifact and mod it to have an image. It feels like I'm cheating the spirit of the cube. So, I will wait 25 years to get the print of, like, Gilded Lotus that now has the young, beautiful, you know, woman on the card or a young lady and it fits the vibe of the cube but i don't want to just if if for me it feels like cheating sometimes like i'll yeah, mod a card okay. but i don't want to cheat to make the card fit the theme to force it in even if it's functional
3: because that's kind of where i'm at with the idea of doing the science fiction cube is that if i just if i use alters and everything every, everything is game and everything is legal i might bend it for like if there was a card i really thought drove home the both the story, the, like I said, the, the science fiction trope plus mechanical identity. So I need a card to really make the clone archetype, which is I don't know how that's an archetype. I really haven't figured this out. But how to make that actually work? Then I'd consider it like getting like a lazav change to look like a uh, an evil Spock or something. I don't know. But I do agree with you that it does feel like cheating because although it's arbitrary and we are allowing wizards of the coast to like put those barriers in place, it, it does kind of. I don't know. It allows you to stop somewhere. Because really, if we allow yeah. alters in our thematic cubes, you can just do anything.
1: You can
2: just <laughs> alter it. How, yeah, just alter a vintage, a vintage cube,
3: cube.
1: Getting all of them altered exactly. just fit the specific theme. That's, exact,
3: that's my next one. I was going to say, like yeah. vintage cube, but it's but everyone's a pony. Which sounds great, actually. I think that'd be very funny.
2: <laughs> th- well, this is <laughs> why like I'm being so... <laughs> sounds like a pat- blast. This is why I'm being so particular. So, I like again, I have this Doom Cube. I am a huge fan of the early, early, early Doom games, right? So... The, the cards that I'm putting in, artistic references to the original Doom games are the crux of the design space for this cube. The, all the flavors and the themes and the mechanics are kind of pretty secondary to be honest i just want it to play well but the theme of the cube has to be that and i'm really being so strict on myself and even cards where you know when anthony's looked at cards, sorry uber bears looked at cards and be like man that's so doom and i'm like yeah but it's not the doom it's not the doom that i'm looking at it's not the og romero doom right that's all that's part of those original games so and i'm not going to alter cards even if they're flavorful for the cube like i want wizard's art that looks like those og games and i want to play a listen chains while we're we So while were, know, were you really
3: hoping the Evil Dead secret layer would have in it, or the secret card in that secret layer would be a shotgun or a chainsaw?
2: That right? would have yes. been amazing. I don't think we know a chainsaw. what the secret card is yet, do we? I don't know. No, it's get...
3: ordered it and it have not arrived. Okay. I know all the other ones around that time are starting to show up and there's a lot of random foil elves and and everything's a command tower. There's so many different command tower variants in these, in these there are. secret layers right
2: now. I saw one I'm that... hoping that looks like, like the the windows. windows
1: hear me out hear me out what if the card that like this is just me railing the conversation from uh altars <laughs> what if you took ember cleave as a chainsaw
3: yeah that'd be sick okay. that
1: would be i would jam that fa- flavorfully i'm jamming it <laughs> i think
3: it should be the shotgun oh, they won't because it's wizards but it'd be no, better yeah. if the ember cleave i think that literally blows your opponent's head off it's not the chainsaw. <laughs> it needed to be the boomstick, yes. and it just says, "This is my boomstick." Is like what text. <laughs>
2: <laughs> be so I good. would get that altar sleeves. I would get. I would get that. I would get some altar for that. It would just be boomstick. But yeah, that's that's okay. the kind of flavor that I'm going for. Right? That's important to the design. So mm. we'll see. It's interesting how, as curators,
0: we're not just latching on to the mechanical aspects. Like this is a good card. Yeah, that that's easy enough, right? Like that's something we do. But also, we're looking very much for it to be in the context from our artistic perspective. If we've all talked about it, it all matters. We don't want to cheat. That's that's no one putting those rules of restriction on us except for ourselves. I mean, we can all agree with that, all of us, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I
2: know. And, but yet, it's still there. And it's but it's and it's so experience driven. Like something like this is like this is a pack. Like you know, Anthony's talked about. Sorry, Uber Bear's talked about the Munson Cube. Right, it's <laughs> metal. Right, so we're putting on. Right, let's put some Pantera on, some Metallica, some Meshuggah. Right, we want to get angry. We want to play those kind of cards. I am more than, and I'm, I'm a big video game music nerd. So I love, like, I want to play the Doom Cube. I'll put some metal on. I'll put some music on that's appropriate. But you know what I want to put on? Right. I want just want to put on the old Doom music.
3: Let's put that I've on. I've got while a tangent for you. I've got a tangent for you. So right. hey the down. band Infuri, they're mm-hmm. a death metal band, um, mm-hmm. a death metal band <laughs> in America. They're great. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen them live twice now because every time in the UK I go and hang out, we play Commander before we play. Their the latest single, Tainted Pact, named after the Magic Card. Uh, I bought the t-shirt from their merch booth, which has art on it, or it says Tainted Pact on it. The artist that did the art is the artist that did the Calderheim and the Phyrexian lands in Magic. So there is a t-shirt that you can buy that has Tainted Pact written on it, because that's a song name, that has art by a Magic artist, which, by a death metal band. So that t-shirt should probably be in your repertoire for when you bring the metal cube somewhere. Hell yeah, finding It's,
2: just, I'm, it's, just, I'm, I'm, it's I'm so many
3: it. crossovers and everything. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> great, love three it. of them play Magic, so... Good job.
2: Very cool.
0: Nice, nice, nice. So, kind of one of the sticking points we've had is universes beyond or secret layer or whatever you want to call it. Right, all these expansions. If it's not for you, bear with us, right? But if you're a cube curator and you're looking for opportunities to maybe find a cool idea, because I've been inspired. We've all talked about this. Like a card comes out and it inspires you, right? Well, I want to ask. We have a forty k aficionado. And you, as the expert, Vince, because none of we had to get, we had, I had to Google this stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. You had to explain to us how the points work. I mean, I immediately latched on. Is it like Canlander? Can. Is it like it, Canlander? Like can 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 like can you're one like, point for a Black
3: Lotus. I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but my question for you is Did Magic the IP do justice to the 40K when they developed the cards, in your opinion, from being outside the game?
3: Like ninety percent of it, yeah. Like, I think they really smashed it with the vast majority of magic cards. They're really, really good in terms of like just um, making you feel like they were either the character themselves, what they did mechanically within the game itself, which they didn't focus too much on because the mechanics of the cards change so drastically. Like, what Bile Biopipe does in tenth edition is so different to what he did in ninth. So they don't focus on that because weirdly, Biopipe was the one where I don't know is other, other than the whole there's a disease that makes people laugh and then they they recycle his body parts. I don't really know how that works for cascade. I guess, oh no, cascading. You you sack a body and you use that body to make the next spell. So it, it does fit thematically, of course it does. So there are few, most of them all fit. But that that right there, I've just realized as we've talked about it. I've just processed how the bio paper works in terms of his lore, his canonical identity. So basically, 90, 95% of them were all hits. There's a I have one bug which actually fits to our previous conversation, that Magnus the Red. Who is like the greatest psychic, psycho in the universe, other than the Emperor. Uh, and he is this big, huge, like, I think he's like 14 foot tall, half chicken, powerful wizard. And his magic card actually just outright sucks. It's like a bad (laughs) six mana, like, young peasy. So I got an altarist to alter. I'll show you on camera. The viewers at home can't see it.
2: We can describe it the best we can. I mean, I'm just hung so, up on 14-foot chicken. better
3: put it on the
1: screen. I'll take a picture. We can put it in the show notes. Show notes. Let's yep. do that. Yes,
3: because I'm making a video about this, but I haven't got round to it yet. So this is a Nibbles at the Firemind, who's one of my very yep. first commanders, and I've Keep had it altered to, to be go. Magnus
2: and the Rip.
1: That's
2: it. There we go. Ta-da.
3: So because so, Nib at the Firemind is a combo-centric, powerful powerhouse for six mana Magic card. Right. right. I know Perun is better, but Perun. This is the original, right? This is the OG. Yeah, the OG. So Magnus should have been this. Magnus should have had the power to kill gods with his his spells. So I was so annoyed by how weak the Magnus the Red in the 40k one was, (laughs) I went and commissioned a physical repaint of one of my favorite magic cards of all time. So on the whole, 95% really on flavor in terms of power level and what they do and stuff. A few misses,
2: mainly with the chaos.
0: So let's talk about, we're getting back to the My Artifact cube. That's the inside joke I'm sorry, my? My. Who's my? (laughs) My. But my artifact cube, one of the things that you'll find a lot of artifacts is that black isn't very represented in the color spectrum as far as artifacts are concerned, right? So when the Necrons came out, 40K, it was a gift basket for me as a curator. That's kind of the point I'm driving home here is I would have never thought of that. It was always... I was always on the struggle bus trying to fill out the black section within that cube with some classic magic cards, right? But when this came out, I remember this was right before CubeCon number one. And Mm -hmm. this set was released like a couple of weeks before... CubeCon actually launched and i was emailing john Terrell, going please dude please let me put these cards in here he's like i don't know like i'm in there in the mail man like i'm checking the tracking numbers he's like well have you considered removing them from the list i'm like my cube's gonna suck if i like literally because <laughs> black had no identity until warhammer 40k and we've got some cool cards like and i'm gonna ask you about a few of these but we got like And I'm not going to read them. They'll be in our show notes. And you're welcome to look these up on Skyfall because they are a word soup. Maybe we'll pick a few of them. But Chronomancer for... I'm already reading it. I'm just going to do it. Chronomancer, one colorless and one black get an artifact creature, Necron Wizard, flying, atomic transmutation. Pay one, tap, sacrifice another artifact, dry card, then has unearthed for two colorless and one black. This was just an interesting, and it's a 1-1 flyer. This was just an interesting card to add to an artifact cube because it allowed Black to actually start doing some of that Racto Sacrifice, right? And then the Earth, Earth is a really cool ability, and it just it just filled out a lot of slots. It gave me an opportunity as a curator to expand outside of the not-so-great... I mean, I got the occasional artifact. I had some pieces. I'd have to look in the Wayback Machine, but I, I can tell you that my options beforehand were like some really bad mirrored in cards or something that just checked like it gets bigger and it's a zero cool. one flyer Art-
2: artifacts Art- it was terrible well this is a cool card it, it flies which this is, is which amazing is awesome. it has unearth which is pretty nice yeah and you can sacrifice another artifact and that other artifact being sacrificed that might have a benefit and you get to draw a card you know what i really really like to do when i'm playing magic sacrifice your creatures drawing cards love drawing cards, <laughs> love drawing cards. I'm
3: kind of getting the to thing on Flyers about. that's my favorite thing
2: Which to do Flyers exactly so Vance how
0: about this next card I want to ask Do the are these individuals present in the game of 40k or are these unique names yes
3: absolutely everything you see there actually I Actually, An- Anakir, which is one of the legendaries we might talk about in a minute, might not actually have a, a model anymore because he's super old. But yeah, all of these are present uh, in the, like the the main canon and, and stories and the books and stuff. And then all of them have units that have data sheets. So they've all got playable rules. They're all models you can build and paint and then play on the tabletop with rules. They they did that for pretty much everything. Uh, there's, a, there's a handful of cards that don't have actual units, but it's it's very few and far between.
0: I will be the first to admit, and I'm going to ask you to read this card just for the listeners, but this card is busted, the second card on the list, and I admit this is a yeah, yeah. I,
3: I think it's. I think it's absolutely designed for a four-player environment. So yep. when you are playing in a non-four-player environment and they slam it, you're like, oh, I guess I'm dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind taking this one on, please, sir?
3: Sure. So we've got a three mana, black and two of any other color, for a 3-2 Necron Noble, and it has Menace. Uh, This is the Skorpek Lord. So these are, for a bit of fluff and flavor, these are the four-legged Necrons. They're part of the Destroyer Cult. So when the Necrons were transformed into robots to save themselves from like the radiation and the diseases that they were suffering from, the Destroyer Cult are the ones that didn't make the transference uh, well. So they're all driven mad and they all want to go into melee and just rip people up. So that's all the Destroyer Cults. A Scorpic Lord is the leader of the Scorpic versions of these. He has Menace himself. And then his commander protocols give other artifact creatures you control plus one, plus zero, and Menace. And then if that wasn't enough for a haymaker that you land and make your <laughs> your black artifact aggro deck just one-shot someone out of nowhere, he has on Earth as well. So you can you can even, I don't know, discard him to other effects, sack him to draw cards off your Chronomancer. You could entomb him into the graveyard. I don't remember if entomb was in your cube. You it can do is all not. these things. <laughs> yes. It's, it, it's not?
0: It is not. I've chosen not. Yes. Yes. Not yet. yes. At that point,
3: we're pushing the power level to, I guess it starts to get concentrated to cars like this. I mean, on the surface, this car doesn't seem like like absolutely not so busted. But I think if this was put into a standard or even a Horizon set, whether I think about 1v1, well, that's not true. Horizons thinks a lot about commander, but anywhere where it's going to be a one v one environment, I think this guy is started rather aggressively for a three drop lord. It's the menace to all your creatures that is the yeah. the bit that's really good, right? The plus one buff is fine. The menace is f- giving menace to all your bodies. There's another artifact in Warhammer. It's um the Rosarius, the Inquisitorial Rosarius. I don't know if that's in your artifact cube. It's just equipment and the equipment to a creature, and then when you attack, you you create a two two Space Marine, and then all your creatures gain menace. I don't know why that artifact equipment gives all your creatures menace. But again, it's just like a... And no one expects it. No one remembers it. It's just giving all your creatures menace is unbelievably good. It's strong. It's probably not quite as good as anything trample, but it's probably only one run down, right? So this guy's like an overrun on a stick.
0: It is. And the reason why it's in here, and you brought it up, versus the Space Marine is because that unique token, reference our tokens episode with John Terrell, that's currently out as we're recording right now, believe it or not, but... I didn't want to add additional tokens. I am trying to do token control. And May and I have talked about this on another episode where we don't want to oversaturate. And the Marines are... They are impervious to the naturalized effects where your manglehorn loop that you were doing earlier in our episode kills the bejesus out of this particular card, right? So I wanted the vulnerability to still be present as a curator, realizing that this is an overrun overrun effect that will just die to a disenchant. And I know that's a dies to removal argument. We've had those a thousand times. But I do have ways to kill this. So I want these threats to be threatening, but also vulnerable at the same time and Mate. it gives some
2: game to black aggro as well which we've also talked about in recent episodes right make black aggro great again it's kind of lost its luster some of the cards are. aren't that's what quite justin quite parnell worse, and that would have come you know, out
0: by next week which is currently now it's uh, we're time jumping we are we're time warping. Jumping. it's we're doctor whoing we're doctor but- <laughs>
3: so i don't think this i don't, I don't think this card is like come out of the cube it's just it's just an interesting conversation to be had about how a lot of the universes beyond stuff is designed like I guess Lord of the Rings was our first time seeing Universes Beyond designed not for Commander, for the most part, because there was a draft environment there that was very good. There was also the One Ring and Bowmasters, I guess, but let's not get into that too <laughs> yeah. much. So a lot of these cards are absolutely 100% designed around a 4 player environment, and because they never go into modern or standard, they don't really care how powerful they are on, in a 1v1 scenario because Legacy and Vintage has all the power checks to not really give a crap about how powerful these are so when we get into these cube environments where we've been limited it becomes this interesting conversation about checking if the commander cards and this has not been a thing it's not unique to universes beyond right no nope. we've had commander cards impacting cube vintage and legacy for like, lelia uh, uh, since
2: 2011 so, well, I mean, true name nemesis <laughs> yeah the, conversation yeah, the, 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 the very
3: first that. set had true name and scoops yep. and those were pretty impactful magic cards yep. those aren't 1v1 um, cards yeah. So I just think it's an interesting conversation to be had, because, like, Trinidad Nemesis is a good example that's too outside of, in, inside of Magic, sorry, where it's not designed for 1v1. So then how much does it warp 1v1 when it's in, involved? So I don't think Scorpec Lord is unbeatable. I just think it might be one of the best black creatures in your
0: cube, if yep. not the best. Okay. It, here's a
3: question for you, then. Is there a better black creature in your cube than Scorpec Lord for that archetype or that game plan?
0: no uh not for the overrun as far as the best card as far as utility function these aren't going to be on the same spectrum let's go ahead and put that out but it's I'm not. I'm not going to steal and car from you, but I am going to say Necron Deathmark for three colorless and two black. Get an artifact creature, Necron Flash, Synoptic Disintegrator. When Necron Deathmark enters the battlefield, destroy up to one target creature and target player mills three cards for a five-three. The
2: abilities have got such cool names as well. Like that's one of the other things like, Synoptic Disintegrator. Like how that, awesome is that? That's the Necron that? full
3: stop. They've they, oh, they, they all it. got technology that is in in canon. They're absolutely uh, unbelievably broken. So like they're more they are more technology advanced than anyone they are just they, they they were a race that basically were were winning at life and then they started to lose when the warp came about and chaos gods started showing up they're like let's go to sleep for a thousand years Let everyone kill each other and wake up and they wake up a thousand years ten thousand years later and uh the chaos gods are worse the tyranny have showed up the orcs are a thing they're like oh no no one <laughs> killed each other they all just like got into a war and it never stopped Anyway, and they can like they can travel fast and like a blink of an eye with technology that's far beyond ours and all this sort of stuff. So Necron weapons always have the craziest, coolest like sci-fi meets like eldritch horror names because they're meant to be so technology advanced that if a human were to even try and comprehend how their guns work, it just doesn't make any sense. And the Death Marks oh. are the snipers. That's why they they just appear out of the appear out of the teleport and bang. Just as
2: Take, as take as, out your yeah. This one's got ball. got a bit of a sniper vibe about it, right? It's got the. The hood, and it's got the long gun with the big sight on it. like oh man, And I'm the
3: singular awesome. powerful art. It's almost like the uh, the visual design of Warhammer might have been done by people who know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, nice. I
3: agree. It's it, pretty strong.
2: It
0: play, the reason why I'm saying this is more powerful is because it kind of runs into that ravenous chupacabra on Flash for one more mana. And from a cube curation standpoint, it has more viability and a lot of like powered vintage. If you're looking for something to fill that slot... Versus yeah. score of Lord kind of plays more into the artifact creatures, so it's very specific to my environment being artifact creatures. You control get menace and plus one, right? Yeah, so that it's a curation choice at that point. May, would you mind taking over the Necron Overlord? I'd like to talk that one out and the the logic behind including this in my artifact cube. It's been an in and out.
1: Sure. Uh, so the next one is Necron Overlord. Two black black for an artifact creature, Necron Noble. It's a 2-5, and it has Relentless March. Hey, X, tap it. Tap X, untap artifacts you control. Target opponent loses X life. This galaxy once knelt before us, and it will do so again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for that. I like this card a lot. I think it's awesome.
0: So on our journey back from KubeCon, we had a massive in-the-minivan debate about, like, what are you going to change, Anthony? Because you know we left, right? And we got feedback from, as you talked about at KubeCon, there were all these people playing at different professional speeds, different reasons, thematic speeds, and, and all the constructive feedback that comes With that, and we got a lot of, I got a lot of verbal because I was buzzing around the tables. You know, May and I talked about this before, and one of the things I got is you said I got uh, I got overrun by a lot of like small creatures. We'll just say like the equipment creatures or whatever. The biggest argument here was that big old booty that was at two five, right? Like that Mm -hmm. is pretty good stopper for some fast aggro stuff. Nonsense. That was the first argument that my friends, Stu and Chris and all these guys were talking about on the road trip back, put this card back in. The Relentless March has a very associated cost to it, right? Pay X, tap X of your things. you have to be very vulnerable to that. But that's a very powerful effect, but I don't think it's too powerful from a curation standpoint. And this fills out that four mana slot nicely. What do you think about this one, Vince? I think like
3: thematically it's really cool that he uh utilizes his armies over a longer term to to crush the galaxy before his boots. but from a um uh a gameplay perspective i think this ability gets stronger and stronger on on two things one is how much flash or instant speed effects you can hold up so for example you can hold up death mark they do nothing on their turn you just pay five mana attack your five things and do five damage to them right so you play in this defensive end of turn um, flash tap out thing and then, secondly, it's how also how defensive your you can build into that. So, you said big booties, right? If you've got multiple X4s, which like just brick wall aggro, and you just sit doodle ducking and just. Tapping out at the end of your opponent's turn, and that's the kind of that's the kind of strategy I like. Me holding too. up my um, holding up my uh, crystal shard at the end of their turn to reset something. Having yeah. a two five body. This card reminds me of um, of grid um, yeah. uh, Garupa grid Those sort of things. I love making treasures and clues, and then never drawing cards or making mana. I just <laughs> tapping to shoot people. That is my jam. Like tireless Tracker. If there's a cube where tireless Tracker and eighth grid can grind my opponent out. Oh, I'm into that. So it's that sort of stuff. It depends on, like, his power levels, again, depending upon how much you can build around that, I guess. I like that. And again, that might be good. Well, it depends how many tokens you can make and how many you can give Menace, I guess, as well,
2: is the, is the argument, but yeah. I, I like it because I, I've always looked at these cards and thought, I don't need 300 artifacts to make this good. I don't need 15, I don't need 10, 2, 3. Maybe. If I'm it's so two glad I did put sorcery speed on this, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. So important.
1: That is a trend that needs to die. Yeah, sorcery <laughs> well, speed well, stuff It makes oh. sense for like, the limited environment of, like,
3: current, like, Ixalan yeah. and stuff, right? Where, well, does it? Maybe I'm being nice. Yeah, the maps should all have been creatures.
0: instant
3: speed. <laughs> so, so maps probably could have benefited from not being sorcery speed, because they would have been useful, right? But at the same time, Get Lost, the new removal spell that makes two maps... I love that card. Mm-hmm. Currently playing Timeless on Arena, their version of Vintage. Mm-hmm. I'm playing a Chalice deck, no plowshares, four copies of Get Lost. I'm blowing up people's Okos and the opponent doesn't know what to do when you kill their Oko with a two mana instant. Anyway, getting <laughs> on to a tangent <laughs> It's all the creatures from Ixalan that tap to do cool things. All of them, for the limited environment, are all sorcery speed. So I will mm. never play them in Gladiator Highlander Commander Brawl Cube or anything because I'm right. like I'm not putting a sorcery tap two creatures card in any of my decks. I'm re- so that sorcery speed restriction has made most of the almost every card in that limit environment just like useless to me in a way, which is a shame. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about
2: that. I, I agree. I don't like doing anything at sorcery speed. I don't even want to win at sorcery speed. I want to win at the end step of the player to my right. That's the kind of way that I like to play magic. You know, oh, you've done your turn? Okay, thank you. I'm going to win now. Get Start shuffling your cards. That's I like well, they sorcery start speed. combo
3: and you get
0: them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. my I started playing in Portal, so I love sorcery speed.
0: Just FYI, guys. It's my favorite speed. The
2: time is now, old man.
0: Don't interrupt. <laughs> the time is now. I so nice sit in the car. Get in. We're ah, playing a uh, <laughs> Vince, what about this uh, Anaracar, the traveler? What do you know about the lore of this thing? Like, what is what is? So the- what? this is this is
3: going to be a blank for me. I'm not familiar. He's coming out of um, their like portal technology, which is called a I think called Dolmen Gates, which is a reference to like. Gaelic folklore in the in the real world, I think. But anyway, yeah, he, he travels, it's from his name and he's using their portal technology. But as far as like in canon, what he does or who he is, I'm not I'm not really familiar with him. Sorry, there's a there's a hole, a dark spot upon my knowledge there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the cards from the 40k set though did give me an identity profile for black that was very unique. And that's kind of what we're trying to drive home from this is whether you're on the fence is love, hate As far as universes beyond, it does allow you to cherry pick as a curator what fits your need or no need at all, right? Like that's what's interesting. Even the secret layers and all that. I'm not, I'm neither pro or against any of these ideas. It's just when they come through, I, you know, I'm, I'm not as excited or enamored about the secret layers, for example, as they once were, because they're not so secret. They're every three and a half weeks. But simultaneously, I, as a curator, and I think May, we get to find some cool arts and stuff that fill out our niches. May, what are your experiences with any of the universes beyond as far as w- we talked about? I think you said D&D kind of fit some of your profiles, et cetera.
1: Oh, yeah. Like my favorite technically universes beyond. It doesn't have like the little triangle thing. So I don't know. Doesn't but, count. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't count.
0: We'll, we'll, if we, we were to do a format
3: which I really want to do by the way where you play right. four ofs of universes beyond cards mm. the 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 um, AFR does not ah. count and then Battle ah. of Baldur's Gate is also non-triangle right so I wouldn't ah. include that either personally why, why would we not count it personally. right personally
0: yeah it's like it's not yeah. magic but it's magic adjacent so is that how we yeah. qualify whether or not these uh, align well there's
3: not? D&D books in
0: uh,
3: of um, so, so here's the thing you get, you get D&D books of magic settings right and you mm. get magic sets of D&D stuff but yeah, well, you fair. probably would never get a and d book for Doctor Who that's yeah, my that's point. point wait like, for we're, it we're, we're, uh, we're leaving company wait for we're it we're talking five years.
1: Years. five years five
0: okay, years I, I can understand
1: your argument there and I can agree with that well they
3: just filed their the D&D creatives actually so may, maybe the, the door is open <laughs> now either. There's no resistance
0: anymore because you no have material inspired, everyone. Mad Magazine, we are looking for new people to write for magic, yes.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> Anyways, what I mentioned earlier was Lord of the Rings was just kind of the big one for me because it's like, ah, these are cards that happen to fit my themes that I am already doing. And I'll also note that because it was such a good limited set, a lot of those cards ended up becoming loved for budget cubes. Absolute love. Like the entire land cycle combined with the DMU lands... Those are the perfect like intro budget fixing package that you need for your cubes. Cool. <laughs> Long yeah. pause. Anyways, you, you, you all mentioned the
3: picture. um, you mentioned the artifact earlier, the three man Lord of the Rings artifact that makes uh, puts pressure counters on itself and then makes you scry and then you
0: mill and shoot Palant, in the face. Sound of Ornithoth. Pal- I love that paladin of, so much, paladin
2: what? of ornithopter. Yeah,
0: paladin of ornithopter. So I <laughs> <What>? put <laughs> the, the the running joke here, Vince, is UberCube is I am. So the difference between May and I is she likes to take her time. She's very deliberate in her cube changes, whereas I am very spontaneous. I just open up a binder and go, "Let's go!" Right, like it's cube night. Well, right before CubeCon, uh, that and Agatha Soul Cauldron, both those cards came out, and I'm like. Oh, well, these would be pretty great. So I'm going to put Palantir Ornthog at while I was at a charity event for Extra Life. We were doing that, right? Uber. And I saw the sweet, skinned out, beautiful foiled. And I'm like, this would be really pretty in Uber Bear's horror cube. Let's go. <laughs> and then my buddy one night, he was sitting there opening up his trade binder. And he's like, I've got a Agatha Soul Cauldron, which I'm, I'm going to spare everybody reading that card. I'm like, this card seems pretty good. does stuff. I'm going to put it in Bears Artifact Cube. And like a week later, I like submitted them both for CubeCon with no testing. And that's kind of been the running like quip here. Whereas May, every six months, she'll take a time and deliberate, ruminate
2: decide i
1: don't know about six months it's more six like six hours. hours i don't have that much restraint. six hours there's <laughs> definitely a new
2: fake cube every six to eight hours right let's be honest <laughs> it, it's pretty frequent the updates but they're meaningful updates right they're purposeful they're not just like this card yeah. looks cool we'll throw it in there right there's a reason for those changes whereas yeah. i just go this it, card it, looks it, cool it,
3: but it's cool that there's different approaches right yeah the mm. one is ha- right it's a yeah, that's some the beauty people are methodical, Some people are scatterbrained, disorganised messes like me. That sounds like yourself as well. <laughs>
2: <That's good>. Yeah, I'm
3: not saying that is what you are, but yeah, that's you, what, you, when you think like, that's what that's what I would
0: do. That's what I do. It's 100 yeah. yeah. percent what I did. <laughs> so, I got another question for you. It's kind of the, it's another, I guess, sector or a faction or what do we, what do we call it now? Kindred within the uh, universe of beyond of 40k. And we're jumping over to the two-headed giant and the, I guess we're going to call it the peasant grouping because there's one here. But what is the Tyrodid Prime? How does that uh, equate to the lore? So they are called
3: factions. The Tyrodids are basically a spacefaring aliens that they can't travel. They're, they're really unique compared to everyone else. So there's there's not really any named characters. There's a handful. They don't travel at the speed of light. So they slowly like crawl into like real space through like hundreds of years. So like uh, that makes them unique in that sense. And they're also a threat from beyond the galaxy. So the idea is that there are there there is a theory outside the Milky Way. Everything has been eaten by the Tyranids. No one else is left. And then we will the the Milky Way, which includes everyone: the Necrons, the humans, the Eldar, the orcs, and so on we are the last bastion perhaps in the entire like expanded universe because nothing else has left so when you see maps of the universe you'll see tendrils coming off the side of the map they're called literally tendrils which are the high fleet encroaching into our space so the tyranids are basically the bugs they're basically the bugs from Sasha troopers
1: I'm, <laughs> the I'm doing Do my know? part. Yeah, exactly,
3: and that's the thing. Starship Star Troopers is this massive like um, pastiche of fascism and, and, and propaganda, and pe- perhaps to an extent, American culture around war as well. Mm-hmm. I we need to that.
2: rewatch it. It's yeah, one of it's my favorite, favorite movies of all, all time. time. It's, a, it's
3: it's It's top ten movies that uh, right wingers don't understand when they watch it. Warner's back the tabletop, but with a British sensibility and mocking of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what the Tyranids are, and the Prime, the Tyranid Prime, is not a Prime of the Tyranids itself. It's a weird one. There's Tyranid Warriors, which is like just basically armoured basic frontline troops, in a sense, but they're like like elite frontline troops, and the Prime is just a leader for them, in essence. And the evolved mechanic is because the High Fleet, the, the, the Tyranids adapt. So the idea is that if you fight them in one sector, you, you'll, jump, you'll jump to another sector, and then when you fight them next, they would have evolved or adapted to what you were doing, because they're constantly changing their physiology. There's actually only like two or three strains of Tyranid, and all of them would grow and change different different ways. The Trigon, the Gaunt, and so on. They they were it's Shame that they're
1: not red, or else I'd just be able to just Zerg rush my opponents. I know I'm jumping brands, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there, there, there are some red Tyranids, are there? Yeah, the the, the commander deck was red, blue, green. Um, oh. one of the best ones. Um, oh. there was a um a bla- uh, a stuffy doll variant in red. Oh, um, I didn't know there that. Was, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, there are red ones. Yeah.
0: So Tyranid Prime for mind. one colorless <laughs> and Simic, you get a creature Tyranid evolve, and that's whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control. If that creature has greater power or toughness than the creature, put a one one counter on this creature, and then Synapse creature, other creatures you control have evolve. Well, why would me as a curator? choose to put this in a two-headed giant theme is because I support a counters theme very much like Carmen does with the counters cube, and I'm looking to expand that. This allowed me to get instantaneous triggers where I could start proliferating and doing the... Wackadoodle stuff that I want to do in the two-headed giant cube, which is all about jank, right? Very simulates, very kind of falls into, I guess, David McDarby's live the dream type of cube, but from a two-headed giant perspective. And when I saw a prime come out, it really fit that I want to do a proliferation where I start doing counter distribution, pushing them around using cards like keyword target so I could put them on my opponent, et cetera. This enabled that type of stuff. So this universe is beyond unlocked another facet. Of a two-headed giant cube, right? Well,
2: let, and let's talk about the other one, right? The other side of this in the show notes, right? Trigon Prime, two colorless and simic, subterranean assault. Again, these, these awesome keywords. Um, whenever it attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it and a plus one plus one counter on up to one other target attacking creature. Again, amazing for either yourself or when you're in a two-headed giant environment. But then you've got that creature can't be blocked this turn and it's a four four for four and it's uncommon Yeah, So little little um that segues little, little, into little, what i'm gonna well, say it's here. a little uh pow, like power creep question mark well like yeah. we talked about this on other episodes as well like i'm getting i'm not only getting a four 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 but i'm getting to put plus one plus one counters on two creatures and i'm telling that that creature can't be blocked dig be- it
0: because it was uncommon and it fit a very niche Portion of a cube being very restricted. Our good friend Samich, that had Samich's peasant cube at KubeCon 2023, inserted this in his environment. And the feedback he got from people like Gavin is this card was OP. Yeah. Going back to your original argument in the conversation that we had in the beginning about the Necrons, where you experience some of these universes beyond, really pushed the threshold a, a wee bit further than traditional magic cards. And they were intended for a commander environment yet we saw as curators the potential to fill out niche archetypes within our different platforms and our different cube rarity restricted whatever whether it be two at a giant or artifact cube or in that case a peasant cube to do something a little different it filled out a role but then sometimes it can bite you until you get the play testing in this case that card in fact uh, he since removed it and put, I think, like Shark to Crab or I, something I, in
2: there. I, I'm to be honest, I, I love Chris. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he decided to put it in because it looked broken after back to me. It's nuts how powerful that is. Well, he also
3: I'm, I'm shocked. It's on an uncommon, honestly. It, yeah, it's attack Trigger that makes two creatures unblockable in any other limited environment. That uncommon would just be. It'd be a rare easily,
0: yeah. right? And hey, it'd be rare that, that people would
3: complain about other people opening and wreck them.
0: Well, let me yeah. put you in the mind of a curator, because he defend he defended that idea, is that Simic in the peasant environment was one of the least desirable, so he wanted to put a card sure. in there that would attract and draw you as a player at KubeCon to draft Simic. And maybe in this case it overstepped, but you, you learn that as we learn, right? It's, it's through no fault. But that's what happens, right? Do you,
3: know, do you know what else is really cool about this card is that it, it mechanically and in canon, it's the thing that it's like their transport. So instead of getting a, a rhino or a, or a vehicle that you put monsters into, the Trigon will burrow its way out and create a, um, bring with it a squad of units that kind of like come out of like a transport mechanically, but come through the tunnel with it. So in this case, Subterranean Assault is then making that tunnel so your guys can get under the defences. Oh, flavorful. and oh, it's beautiful. Just, just a little him. bit pushed in power level.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. So, Let's move over to some more Universes Beyond. These are recently revealed. Uh, This is going to be the Fallout set. And I want to talk about a couple of these cards and how I have looked at them from a curator standpoint, and I want to get some of the player feedback. And the first card that I want to cover is Radstorm. For three colorless and one blue, you get an instant. Storm, proliferate. I just led into this idea talking about Again, Uber Bears, two-headed giant cube. I gotta have, gotta have some branding, man. I'm sorry, but like when I'm looking at stuff like Tiereded Prime and Trigon Prime, which I don't run, Trigon Prime. I wanted to push the counter themes.
1: And by the way, I'm not shaking my head because of branding. I'm shaking my head because ah, yes, let's take Proliferate and make it Storm, and yes. then throw it in a cube. Yes, because in two of the giant environment, I'm just like. That just sounds like a curating nightmare. It, it is, because
0: in two of the giant, every spell counts, right? So if Vince and I are partners across the table, if he casts a spell, I get the counters or the storm triggers based off of him doing it. I only run this, and I will run this, in combination with Squirrel Storm or Chatter Storm, excuse me, where I'm producing all these squirrels, right? So it's just like flavor nonsense. So Rad Storm, pretty rad in my opinion. I was going to say, don't I
2: think this card is rad.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> get
2: out <laughs> I'll leave now this, of,
3: this card feels a bit like it, it's okay I'm going to say a card but it's not because this card is absurdly broken in the right circumstance it's not Aetherflux Reservoir because Reservoir just is a card that when you have the right deck it's like when you hit Christmas Land you win right Right. Mm-hmm. but Radstorm like Aetherflux is a card that you pick early on with the intention of trying to do the most ridiculous thing with it and when you do it in one game or two games you feel like an absolute king uh, or queen or whatever the nation you want, <laughs> but but you, you end up uh, off more often than not not doing the thing. That's where I think Radstorm will be. It's like one of those tentpole, exciting, live the dream cards right. that is just fun to draft, but there will be times when your deck is a train wreck because getting Radstorm to work will require cards that allow you to get your storm count up, but also cards that care about the proliferating and so on. So
0: I'm curious if uh, David McDarby is going to add this to the live the dream cube. I feel like this kind of fits that profile, right? Like, just nutty.
3: Well, Live the Dream's full of Planeswalkers,
1: right? Am I yeah. Yeah. remember that kind Yeah, yep. thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Planeswalker yeah. Storm, let's go! I mean, <laughs> and again, I
2: feel like this is one of those cards that I look at, and I don't feel like I need that much Storm count for this to be hugely impactful, even if one spell has been cast before it this time. One spell, that's it. Now I get two Proliferate's. I'm um, planeswalkers to get two, right? Especially if I've been able to do it at the end step and then go to my turn. Like, how strong is yeah, that? You, like, how many planeswalkers could I double be spells. You're Yeah, exactly. You your
3: double spells, and so mm-hmm. then you do this, and then you're either back up to using your minus three or whatever that they thought they couldn't because of the aggro. Exactly. Or it's a weird situation where you get to ultimate, ultimate. planeswalk off the back of then double spelling. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: If- Vince, it- would you mind taking mm-hmm. on this next card? I think you might dig this one.
3: The cool of any Machine,
0: of course. Mm-hmm.
3: I'm actually quite a big Fallout fan. In spite me too, of me Nuka's too. I was going to ask her. I'm um, huge. Yeah, big. I, I'm, I'm thinking of getting a Fallout, a Vault Boy tattoo at some point. Nice. So I might get it to coincide with the release of this, which makes me look like a right weird fanboy. But anyway,
1: <laughs> uh, the Nuka
3: any Vending Machine is a three-mana artifact that has the ability to tap for one mana and itself to create a food token. And then whenever you sacrifice a food token, you get to create a treasure token. So this is emulating the idea that you can pay the machine to get a bottle of Nuka-Cola, and then you drink that Cola, and you end up with a bottle cap, which is, for some reason, the currency in the future of all parts of, of America <laughs> after, after the nuclear war. Originally kind of, the, the crypto wars. be the currency just Because there was a nuclear factory in California or whatever it was for <laughs> Fallout 1. But then yeah. they were like, actually, it's also the currency on the other side of the country, too. For arbitrary reasons, nostalgia bait, really. Maybe we're getting too into the weeds of Fallout. Other so this
2: is Fallout. good for me because I've I've I, like it's okay one of my favorite games. Yeah, and I don't want to segue off into video games that I've never played. I, I, I I've never played World of Warcraft. I've never played any Fallout games. I've never played any Dark Souls games or any Elder Scrolls Morrowindy kind of like I've never played do any of those play? games. I'm I sorry. love them. As a magic nerd, what do you play? Honestly, not much anymore. But I used to be really into. I used to play a lot of Counter Strike, and I you, I was playing a bit of Escape from Tarkov up until fairly recently. But that's those that are kind okay, of. So my, you're an my FPS jam- nerd. Yes.
3: Yeah, okay, It's yeah, the Doom yeah. Cube.
2: But for me, yeah, a oh, Doom- yeah
3: all, all tracks, Doom the Counter Strike. Exactly, which Counter Strike cube? At?
2: I don't know if I can make a Counter Strike too, but Doom. Oh, I actually this is Isn't
3: how much a smoke <laughs> This is how much of a nerd
2: I am. So on, I think it was on the Epic site. You can buy Doom sixty four, and I had a Nintendo sixty four back in the day, and Doom on the sixty four was like I loved, loved, loved playing it, and it went on sale. It was like a dollar twenty nine, and I have it, and I challenge myself to go through to play through the entire of Doom sixty four on the hardest setting without getting hit not once until the final final hit. level not getting hit. not once i don't even know if that's that
3: possible that sounds like a, an exercise in pain and suffering it, like God like mode. it like took yourself.
2: a while but yeah. i did it yeah a lot, lot of hiding <laughs> it was good <laughs> no you got to be It's you doom, you got to be aggro. all of the quakes all of the quake. oh, no, so all dooms
3: and quake 1 and 2 are all on game pass so if you're listening yeah. to this and you've never played doom or quake and you want to and you own game pass on pc or xbox you can right now. There you go. There's my there's Papa PK's big tip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Papa PK. Okay. Oh, we got a new one. I like that. So the yeah, Nuka-Cola vending
0: yeah. machine, for me personally, I have another one. I'm gonna announce this to Vince because you're not aware. I have the Monopoly. I've designed a cube that I'm currently at 180, going to expand to 360, working on a good friend of ours, Chill MTG, that's also a YouTuber, to build out this economic based Type of cube that I have, where everything has to be monetary, etc. But I like, and it's all treasures. Everything has to give you treasures. But I like the idea of your food now being reconstructed and recontextualized into treasures, consumed, if you will, right? And it kind of follows the theme or the flow. May I'm going to ask you from a thematic standpoint. You're familiar with my cube. I think you even got to play it. What do you think about oh. the nuka cola machine? Nope. Does that fit? Nope. Well, nope. you didn't play Save it, it but you're Save very familiar.
1: Nope. Mm-mm. You have... Titan of Industry as the hotel building. I do. And Diamond Mare as the horse. I do. Where is the vending machine on my Monopoly board? (laughs) Point it to to me, Anthony. I gotta show you. It's gonna be a
0: modern version of Monopoly, recontextualized, reinvented. I'm (laughs) gonna refresh it for Magic the Gathering, trying to help the IP out, right? With the universes beyond. Trains. Trains, With Monopoly vending
3: machine. There'll be a Monopoly, you're gonna eventually, right? It might be. I mean, there's gonna be other big IP that makes no money so they
1: <laughs> I mean we already have sort of the clue crossover so
0: <laughs> so this next one uh, I'm, I'm a big fan but Vince I can't steal it from you or I can't steal it from you it's the Alpha Deathclaw this
3: card is dumb this yes. card is
2: very <laughs> dumb Thank you. so it's a I 6
3: agree. mana black green and four of any other lizard mutant uh, it's got menace and it's got trample it's a 6-6 six, six. And then whenever it enters the battlefield all becomes monstrous, you may destroy target permanent. Mm-hmm. And its monstrosity cost is seven mana. And don't forget, monstrosity isn't just reactivate your ETB. It's also put four counters on it. So you can become a 10-10 <laughs> with trample. And it can remove two different blockers across two turns. And beyond, on top of all of that, the bit I do like, even if it pushes its power level a little bit, is that it doesn't say non-land. So for the first time in absolutely ages, I don't know when the lot, we last got one of these, we have an ETB Destroy Target Land Effect. Yep. I don't know when we last got that. So it's kind of crazy. Primus? Woodf- but what, that's is what it? I mean. Woodfall Primus was put in like
0: 2009? Yeah,
3: so Rock, right? we
0: got a legitimate Vindicate yeah. on a stick. It's pretty great, actually. I like this card. Yeah. I, I don't know where this is going to fit, but this one caught my eye as a curator from the Euro- Universities Beyond. I'm thinking maybe powered vintage for like a something that Cheaty McCheaterson you know, cheated out with like a Reanimate. Reanimate it and or
1: Sneak and show. Sneak, sneak and show attack. so show,
3: yeah, natural yeah, order, you can LG evolution and of a four drop like an Oracle of Moldire. you can reanimate it, you can sneak it, you can show and tell it. It's kinda of like Ashen Rider, but it also fits into archetypes where you're cheating on green as well. So, it's kind of one of those cards that get picked up by two two archetypes. Both, well, three. You're cheating with you have reanimator. Me. And then you're, you're big <laughs> green as well. I always put big green. Because I, natural ordering into Hoof to kill them is my number one priority. But if I can natural order on turn three for Woodfall Primus to take them off a of color, that's my second priority, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, is this just better than Woodfall Primus? Probably not in the natural order deck, but it probably is in the ramp deck where you didn't get natural order. Like it's this six, card is really dumb. It's six it's,
2: mana. Like, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I love it because it's six mana. I love cards. I love the cheaty Cheaterton cards that are very castable as well, right? So we talked about Grave Titan not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Grave Titan, even in a reanimate deck, I don't need to reanimate Grave Titan. I can cast sure. it fairly easily with all the fast mana. This at six mana is very, very castable. So I'm, and again, uh, I I love the fact that you mentioned about land destruction. I am a fun is a zero sum kind of, you know, kind of, kind of player. I am very, very happy to take all of your land base, your mana away from you and just sit there cackling while I cast my spells and you look at your hand and complain about, well, this Master. isn't magic. I can't <laughs> cast my spells. As well, the You'll
3: find me stopping you from searching your library and wastanding you <laughs> is absolutely the best kind of magic.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> me as a curator, though, I'm very choice in those fields that I will allow, right? Like, so for me, the this is vintage cube, power vintage cube. I don't want to include this, even though it has monstrous in it, say, Matuta giant cube, because I have no desire as a curator to blow up lands or go to those extremes. So it doesn't fit the. I guess the fun context of that environment and how I want my players to react to it. Whereas my, no, vintage, my vintage power yeah. cube, I'm okay with everything you both just said because it's a different vibe, right? It's an acceptable zero. What's the, it's kind of like a rule zero type of play style in that point, right? So I don't want to yeah. push those levels outside of that. So no, I think it's fair. very choice. That's so fair. my next card that I have on here, and I put this one on for me in particular because this is going back to. This is a flashback to what we said before when we we're talking about our altar sleeves and our altars and how do we get around as curators to make cards fit to our environments. And me personally, I choose not to warp cards. I'm excited. It makes like magical Christmas land when I get a brand new printing. So I'm always looking forward to a card that will make a cube better. And I have a cube that May has helped me rebrand and rework, the Fem Cube that we talked about before, where it's all women and females in the Magic Multiverse and celebrating the idea of that, right? Preordain for one colorless and a sorcery, get scry two, then draw a card. This is a very powerful magic card that's known to the community. But recently in the Doctor Who set, they printed an art with women on it. And for me, it's like, that's my excitement level. Whenever I'm looking at these universes beyond and I'm seeing these new cards that are being released, when I get to see a card like this, it's like the Blood Artist recently, and I don't know what set that was, where they recontextualized it as a woman, I got to add it to the Fem cube, whereas before it was completely wasn't that midnight val. Yeah, it was exactly. And before that, it was just relegated to my horror cube, etc. But I like to not cheat forward and get these card cards altered or any kind of uh, modifications of a card to make it fit. So the universe. But did you
3: know this isn't the first Femme pre is it not? No, it's also very hard not to miss these things, my friend, because there's a thousand sets at all times, and also not a secret there. In Jumpstart, there was an anim- and I'm also I don't know what their pronouns are, but Animatu is on the preordained from Jumpstart.
0: Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, but that See, was only.
3: Nice. Was that Jumpstart two? Let me check. Let me check. Yeah, Jumpstart two. I found it. So Jumpstart twenty twenty two. So th- this came out maybe. Three months before Doctor Who? And I can't remember exactly. Give the time. or take. It's all right? a blur. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, exactly. So you didn't miss it, you didn't miss it by like two years or anything. Because that would have been a real kicker that like you've been like waiting and waiting. Finally. But that's but, that's testament to the wizard's release schedule is quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna talk about that today, but yes, <laughs> <agreed>. <laughs> But, but yeah, my, but no,
3: you're right. Sorry, I didn't want to detract from your point. I just thought it was really interesting because like, I'm sure there's one with like a little yeah, but,
0: so Yeah, that, but it. that's what the, it's kind of like a puzzle you solve as a curator, right? Like as you're talking about designing your sci-fi type of design and he's working on this Doom Cube, you're very explicit in your rule sets. Like May is deciding and we're not calling it universes beyond, but she was trying to decide whether or not she wanted to breach out into, I don't know, the Lord of the Rings set, or she wanted to go into AFR, et cetera. Right. And that's challenging as a curator to decide what is your, it's got nothing to do with rules that anybody, there's no no rule sets outside of what you do as a curator, but it's very interesting how the universes beyond has allowed curators to say, all right, well, I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to wait and I'm going to find the card that fits my requirements, my definition of how this cube should play out and how it should look. And I think it's an interesting exactly. dynamic.
2: That's why the Doom Cube is going to be like a, a nine to 10 year, coming 2021 12 29. year yeah. project. I'm just waiting for. You're 100 waiting for the Doom maybe. Commander deck to I'm drop. Waiting, three exactly. Years time. I'm waiting for. Universe is beyond doom and then i'll release the doom cube
3: because <laughs> that, that's the point so the pre ordain you mentioned that you're saying was the first example of the fem one it's the first i think sci-fi uh cube because it, it depicts not necessarily the tardis and doctor who but there's someone there with like wires attached to a headdress on their head and that can fit some of the sci-fi themes right so this will be the first that i'd allow in there and further to that the sci-fi cube the reason i've done like zero work on it right now is that with fallout coming and then space opera coming six to twelve months after that I'm like, is there really, do I really want to create this thing that's going to get absolutely upturned and completely revamped by the time we get to those? So, in a way, I'm excited for this idea when we get to space opera, dimensional race plus Fallout, and eventually Star Trek universes. I guess Marvel universes beyond will also bring tons of stuff for a sci fi cue. Yeah, so which I'm just excited like, about, right? for a couple of years, you know? Yeah.
0: So, you can see where like these universes beyond, and i I'm, 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 I assure you, I'm not getting paid by Wizards of the Coast to keep saying this. It's it more does a, sound like you're
3: trying to convince someone. It, is, right it is. It is. <laughs> it is. It
0: does sound very much like I'm shilling it, but it's got more of the do the excitement that I get and may gets and people who do thematic curation to look for something different, right? Like an art, and we're looking for those arts that have been generated by the original artist, and it just brings it brings me joy, right? Uh, you're enjoying building out the Doom Cube, right? I think,
2: you know, I think that's a great summary for what we've talked about today, right? Is how you can use not just the the greatest sphere of products over the last 30 years, like the standard sets, if you will, but now these extra products are providing so much more in the landscape for a curator. I will say certainly in the Doom Cube is, is my first foray into curating and designing a cube and everything from the art and the flavor has been very significant for me. When I'm looking at, you know, not just the individual abilities of the car, but again, that greater landscape and what kind of experience I'm looking to curate everything from what do I want people to see on the card. The art, the abilities, the music that I'm playing when I pull this box out, right? That's got you know Romero and you know a cool design on it, and here's what we're gonna do today, and you hear, dum, 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 and they all, you know, y'all have no cup.
1: idea how hard it was for me to resist adding <laughs> Princess Bride things.
2: <laughs> yeah, like that's that's super cool, and and again, like going all the way back. There's there's a lot of people out there that do have a very negative opinion about universes beyond about this, you know, this cross pollination of IP and a lot of people are, are, are fairly purist about magic, right? They want magic to be about magic and they don't want to see transformers and walking dead characters and all that and their magic cards. But ultimately, has it been a bad thing for the game? I don't think so. Has it been a good thing for cube curators? I think it has. I think it has to. Vince, you have any final thoughts
0: on this topic?
3: I guess I'd add that like we, we, we've all we've all basically agreed that we don't have the idea of altering to cheat aesthetic principles, but if you do want to do that, then just remember that that is absolutely an option, because cube is like this really interesting playground where you really get to engage in magic in a way you don't get in other formats. Even, I guess, command is the closest because we make themed commander decks, right? And you can alter stuff. So don't let that dissuade way if you want to do that. The other thing that I was going to like jump to a little bit is that... Beyond the aesthetic stuff, because we talked so much about themes and the aesthetics, is that the the universes beyond stuff brings so many mechanical identities that are so unique and interesting. Like it's so obvious that the designers, like God, I've had four drinks, I can't remember his name. The lead designer for the Warhammer set and then Gavin and Doctor Who. It's very obvious that they've had a lot of fun designing things that are way more interesting and complicated in terms of like how they work within Magic. That's not a criticism, that's a positive for me as someone who loves complicated Magic. Both Warhammer and Doctor Who do all these weird, crazy things you don't see in normal pre-cons. They remind me of like Time Spiral and blocks like that. So you get all this weird stuff, cards like Don't Blink and like, Cyber Conversion from Doctor Who, for example. So if you want to make an interesting cube environment, whether that be powered, unpowered, or even a lower power level, I think... Cutting off those mechanical identities is probably just removing so many interesting tools to making weird archetypes tick or weird strategies tick.
0: Cool. And we're going to go ahead and uh, let's get some socials going here. And we're going to start out with Vince. Actually, I was going to
2: say, do you have
0: do you have any Vince? Do you have any a, followers? We're going to help you out do, here. Do you
2: have a,
3: a channel? Yeah, I, stream, I stream on Twitch do do sometimes. I okay.
2: Guess. <laughs> um, Anywhere else? Once every Tuesday. <laughs> my
3: dog on Instagrams. <laughs> um yeah so i've got a magic youtube channel um so if you pleasant kenobi is my magic youtube channel where i make videos you'll see between three and seven videos a week i make a lot of content and it's basically the most holistic look at magic possible i do i cover pretty much everything except for perhaps standard like like and even then i touch upon that so every format i talk about uh culture finance the company everything absolutely everything And if you want warhammer stuff you know pk's war room which is my tabletop wargaming channel um, and then you can also follow me on Twitter, where I just and upset people by being very outspoken about pretty much everything. <laughs> so yeah, As they're probably should. my socials. You want to check me out on the air.
0: And you got a cool stuff Inc. Also too, right? You got an affiliate. Yeah, yeah. With so them? cool
3: stuff Inc. Are one of my main page, uh, my main uh, sponsors. So cool If you use cool stuff Inc. To buy singles or seal product, use the code Kodobit at checkout. Get five percent off the order. Helps support the show. If you buy anything, Carlov Manor, you will get a unique. Bespoke, I say not unique. Bespoke, there's there's thousands of them, but you get a Pleasant Kenobi orc army token, which is me stood on a rock in front of the orc army, and I've got a dog under one arm. My shirt is torn, and my hand has been replaced with a smoking milk carton. (laughs) It's an Evil Dead riff. Um I love it. I'll show you guys it in a moment after we finish Fattle Is this your first time um,
0: actually like leading an orc army or will you actually do that in a future life?
3: <laughs> uh, well actually I play I played orcs competitively in 40k. I went for one RGT recently with them, so I've been known so. to lead the war, as it's called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I wanna go ahead and Wah! <laughs> This has been amazing. Thank you, Vince. You've been an absolutely just delightful treasure. guest. It's, it's a tr- you're a treasure to the community. Yes, you're gonna have to take you have to take some of this now. we are gonna have to get some of the homages to Vince, but we appreciate everything you do for the community. We yes. truly do, and for being yeah, outspoken
3: thank you. Thank you. and honest,
0: honest, raw, and truthful. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't really summarize it more. Like, we appreciate you. We're excited about having you on the show because you represent well everything we don't say on the show. <laughs> We haven't, we haven't done it. You didn't notice when I mentioned release
3: yes. schedules, you are like, well, anyway,
0: moving on. <laughs> so let's go ahead and give a shout out we got some patreons that are very important to us
2: yeah i'm going to give a, a huge shout out to our patrons chris nicholas Stephen, preston and sam huge love out to you guys for your continued support of the show we love you guys thank you very much again for your ongoing support and if you love the show we would truly appreciate it. give us a five-star review on your chosen podcast platform and uh you can also use our affiliate link at altersleeves.com slash get five percent off your purchase
0: and play plenty- Kenobi has one too. Go ahead and give us yours. Is it forward slash?
3: I think it's Kenobi. Oh, this is the problem because people always do the wrong codes. Is it PK? Is your present Kenobi or Kenobi? I think it's Kenobi. That sounds really bad. It's only because <laughs> I've had four drinks and I've also been dealing with a video today of the sponsor with a different code. Toy. I'm sorry, everybody. We will Except add it more, official oh, when it's we're 10. done.
0: But you know what? Ultra Sleeves is amazing. So when we kind of summarize this whole show and about making the cube your own and when Vince made a very just valid point about we're doing the universes beyond but maybe you don't want to wait for that ultra sleeves does give you the option to make the cube your own sooner than later and support your local artists for alters right like this is all a thing uh, i can't even speak enough other to thing- that idea
3: the other thing, so two things there. One, absolutely support your artists because Secret layers are absolutely removing work from altruists. Mm-hmm. So to allow them to then make money on a platform like Altus Slaves is incredible. And two, if you really hate Universes Beyond and you feel like the existence of a Trigon Prime in your, I don't know, your, 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 your theme cube ruins the aesthetics of magic... You could just alter sleeve it to not look like a Trigon Prime. That, that yep. option is there as well to try and fix your aesthetics if you feel like. Yeah. If you don't want Rick Astley or whatever he is from The Walking Dead, <laughs> yeah.
0: <for his> <laughs> just change him to a Pickle Rick or whatever. I don't know. If you want Ash to be a legendary, I'm sure you can find
2: it. I kind of want Rick yeah. Astley on a magic card now. I want, Ricky, I want Ricky. if you Who will we want...
3: get first, Rick Astley or Pickle Rick? Or, Which one or will
2: we Ricky get Martin. Astler. Ricky I Martin. We're going to get Ricky Martin oh, and Ricky. alters. Let's go. I,
3: I, I've, I've done a whole box opening of Ricky Plays Martin trading cards. There's a, there's a video out there of me opening an entire box that is exclusive to Ricky Martin trading cards. You have chase cards, Livin, Levida Loca, Rainbow Foils.
2: I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen it, them and, yeah. And
0: we're totally off the regiment here. But did I tell you, Vince, <laughs> that after we went, I'm playing Cube tonight. And whenever we win, every night we sign a Ricky Martin. Trading that's, card. That's if our, you go three zero, that's our treasure that we pass around the room. And it's just Ricky Martin, who yep. owns Ricky Martin each week. So pretty sick, pretty that's sick. It's amazing. Yeah. We're Ricky Martin's have to
3: just get- been added to my party box, which is like, oh, a, it's nice. like a cube commandery environment. And there's a Ricky Martin in there now, which we, which the rule is when you cast Ricky Martin for zero, everyone stands up and has to move seat. They leave their hand <laughs> in play position and you just move seats like it's Alice in Wonderland. Anyway.
2: <laughs> and so Stu, how can they find us on twitter you can find us on twitter we are at ubercube mtg pod you can also reach us via email if you want to chat about an episode or talk about cube you can find us we are ubercube mtg podcast at gmail.com and i'm not going to just say hashtag ubercube i'm actually going to say go and check us out on twitter and you can find a link to our discord and come and join the conversation.
0: And we're an Ink gaming affiliate, so you can actually get those sick uh Ubercube playmats. Dice and, bags. Dice bags. Mouse all pads, it's it's the tis the season. Up. This is gonna be our stocking stuffer episode whenever it comes out, but if you're looking for that stuff, you're probably too late for it, but good luck. You can get in there early. <laughs> People accept gifts after the holidays. Yes, People's
3: got birthdays <laughs> Exactly.
2: There's some poor soul out there with a birthday on New Year's Day, right? That no one really celebrates. Other
0: than that, we're gonna say the thing that we always say here, Uber. Cube is happy cubing. Oh, sorry. One more time for Vince. <laughs> other than that, we're <laughs> gonna. I gonna saved saved it. It. You made your
3: hand, so I was waiting for a three, two, one. No, there are is no like, counting.
0: Yeah, do a three, uh, two, th- one. All right. Other than that, oh, we're
3: we're on. Before you go, <laughs> we go, are we doing it on the on the on the, on one. the So you're going three, two, one, and we're doing it on the zero beat, yeah?
0: I'm not gonna count. I'm just gonna. Whenever you hear me say the words, you're gonna start saying it. I'll go slow. You can you can catch <laughs> it. Watch my face. And other than that, <laughs> sorry, I'm zero cracking me up. Other than that, we're going to say the thing that we always say here UberCube is Happy, Happy Cubing! Cubing.